It's a time of great victory. Your past does not have to dictate your future. We are on the solid rock, Christ Jesus. God's got something better for you. As we've looked at this, we found out basically that for us to, to recognize God, God's voice, the first thing that you have to do is believe that he, wants, he really does want to speak to you. You've got to believe that God wants to speak to you. Um, there's some denominations that they don't believe that God is still speaking today. They think that when the book of Revelation was written, that that was it. He's not speaking today. It just only comes through his word. Well, he does speak through his word, continues to speak through his word, but God speaks to us through the person of the Holy Spirit. In fact, that when Jesus was leaving, he said, hey, I'm going to pray, and the Father would send you the promise, the, the promised Holy Spirit, the one that's going to come and guide us into all truth, and he's going to lead us. He speaks to us. He directs us. And so uh, God is still speaking today, and he wants to speak to you. He wants to speak to me, and he wants us to listen. And um, so when we begin to hear things, we begin to say, okay, I'm going to listen, we need to make sure that what we're hearing is God. And that's why we've been looking at some specifics the last couple of weeks about how to recognize whether or not this is really God or, or something else that's coming. It might be, you know, my own imagination or it might be the pizza that I ate last night or something like that. So if we believe that God's speaking to us, then we need to recognize and validate his, his word or this word, this, this uh, thought, this impression that's, that's coming to us. And what's the very first thing that we've mentioned on to go through this little litmus test, if you will, of verifying and validating that God is speaking to you? What does it have, what's the first thing it has to line up with? It has to line up with God's word. If it doesn't line up with his written word, then throw it out. He's not going to tell you something that's, that doesn't uh, line up with, with, with his word. The second thing is that it ought to express the character of Christ. And the character of Christ, his nature, actually is the fruit of the Spirit. So uh, what he's telling you, if it should somehow or another be coming across in love or produce love, it ought to be done in love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. You know, those things ought to be part of it. They ought to make up this, um, what, this word from God, if you will. And, you know, it's, it'll be an impression or a thought that's coming to us. And so we have to make sure, is that God or is that me or is that Satan trying to deceive me? So we're verifying it. The other thing is it needs to edify the body of Christ. That means to build it up, to improve, not tear it down. And there's so many churches that split, so many churches that are fragmented because somebody got mad about something and they felt like God was telling them to leave and it was just that they were upset. You know, if we're part of a family, I mean, if you have brothers and sisters, I'm sure that there were times when you didn't get along, but still part of the family, right? We have to, that's where we work through things. And God's designed his family for us to grow. And in fact, the Bible says iron sharpens iron. If we run from every little conflict or difference that, that we have with somebody else, we'll be running all our life. <laughs> you know, so we need, to, we need to become who God's called us to be. And he places people around us that help to uh, smooth us off some and others help rough us, rough us up a little bit, you know, and, and to, to do what we need to do. So it needs to identify the body of Christ, and also it needs to be consistent with how God's designed me, my shape, my purpose. What, are, what am I supposed to be doing for God? If it's something totally out there, it's like, wow, that's kind of strange. I mean, God has, before the foundation of the world, God created us, he designed us, he gave us a purpose. 
So why would he all of a sudden just change all that and say, oh, no, let's just go another direction? He doesn't do that, you know. Um, so you need to check that out for sure. And then I like the, the fifth one is, does it really concern me? I mean, is it my responsibility? Remember when Jesus was correcting Peter some, and Peter said, well, what about him? What about him? You know, and Jesus said, what's that to you? <laughs> Whether I let him live till I come back, what's that to you? It's not your business. It says not to, uh, the Bible says, don't judge another man's servant. In other words, he's a servant of God. He's God's servant. God needs to judge him, not me. And so sometimes we're hearing things just because we're mad at somebody because of what they did or didn't do. Well, they didn't shake my hand. They didn't squeeze my hand three times when we were praying. <laughs> or something like that, you know. So we're just going to, you know, I, I think God just wants me to just something. Well, I don't, I don't think so. The other th- then. <laughs> We talked about these last week. Is it convicting or is it condemning? God will convict us to help uh, direct us and get us on the right way to go. Satan brings condemnation. And that's uh, condemnation is always uh, downing your value. And a lot of times, you know, we get to thinking, man, who am I? Or we get to feeling sorry for ourselves or we hear that thing like, I can never do that or I don't deserve that. And, you know, the devil will tell you how worthless you are. Wait a minute. God will never tell you that you're worthless because he created you. He, Jesus died for you. You're not worthless. You are worth a lot. You're worth everything. So if you're hearing that and you're about to just give up everything because you think God's just telling you just to, well, I just need to quit and I can't do it anyway. And I don't, no, that's not God telling you that. Because that is, that is uh, hitting at your, at your worth and the worth to the body of Christ. So throw that out. The last thing is, is uh, do I sense God's peace about it? Now, I think that's a real interesting thing because I've had people come up to me before and say, well, Pastor, you know, I think God's telling us we need to do such and such and such, such. I said, oh, really? And I'm going, hmm, that just doesn't sound right. But I'm, I'm praying about it, you know, because I don't want it to be me. And so they, then they said, one of the clarifying things is, you know, and I just have peace about it. Well, later on, what I found is, is that basically they were comfortable in that. And, uh, you know, we would always prefer to be more comfortable than to be, you know, not comfortable. And sometimes as God's directing us or whatever, we don't feel comfortable in that. That's okay. God didn't call us to be comfortable. He called us to be committed to him. And sometimes getting out of the boat and walking on water is not very comfortable in that feeling but, yeah, or while you're out there. But, hey... If, if he says to do that, that's what we need to do. So we need to be careful about trying to see if the peace of God is just that, you know, me feeling comfortable or not feeling comfortable about this or that or frustrated and then that's because that's what I want to do and now I'm satisfied because I'm doing my will, my thing. And, that, and, and so, you know, I'm getting my way. When we get our own way, a lot of times we feel satisfied, right? For a little while and then we're never satisfied if it's our, if it's our will because we can never be satisfied, right? All right. Don't get quiet on me yet. So those are some things that we need to, every time as you feel like that you're, you're hearing from God or you have a thought or an impression, and sometimes it doesn't take a, a lot. I mean, you know, it's quick to recognize, but others, we just need to make sure it lines up with all these. Now, that's before we act on it. We still got to get back to this part of like, well, what is the process? How do I actually hear God? Well, I said, well, you got to believe that he wants to speak to you. And then you have to prepare yourself to listen. And in that preparation for listening, that's where I think it gets, that's where I think we get lost. We get bogged down. 
And, you know, just as God has a general will and he has a specific will, everybody follow me? You know, God's got a general will for all of us. And then sometimes he's got a, a specific will that he wants each one of us to do. I think sometimes we bring that into this thing about hearing God. And we, there's what, you know, this general conversation with God and then a specific word from God. What I've found over the years is that people really don't tune in to listen until they need a specific word from God. Like, hmm, you know, like, you know, I got to do that. Now I got to do it tomorrow, God. I got to know now. I got to have a specific word now, you know, so, but they don't bother tuning in every day, you know, just for general conversation. You know, it's just when things get crazy and then I got to know now, God, I got to go now, I got to know now, you know, so what I'd like for you to take from this this morning is be encouraged and start preparing to hear a general conversation from God every day. Then it's not going to be so hard to recognize if he has to say something specific because you, you're probably used to hearing him talk anyway, right? Still need to run it through the litmus test. But, but I, I want you to start to purpose in your heart, okay, I'm going to get away from this thing of like when I, I gotta, just got to have a word from God, i got to hear him. Lord, what is it that you want to say to me? I'm just going to start talking to God. I'm going to start listening to God. Well, how do you start with that? You know what I found out? If I don't put it down, make an appointment, it probably won't happen. I don't know about you. We live in a crazy world, don't we? I mean, we, there's always something going on. If you don't put it on your calendar or on your smartphone or whatever, it, it usually doesn't get done. Is that right? Anybody else out there like me? So what I found is set an appointment. What? Set an appointment with God? Absolutely. He's top of the list. You know, and if, there's a, if it's a really important appointment... There's nothing that can take its place, right? I mean, if you have an appointment and you're like, man, I have to keep that appointment. It's like, I, I got to talk to you later because I got to keep this appointment. I got to go to this appointment, right? Hey, your appointment with God is first and foremost. Set it and nail it down. I mean, get a time and a place. <laughs> now, not just say, well, okay, at uh, whatever time, you know, I, I'm going to talk to God. Well, where? Well, I, I don't know. Well, I guess we'll just work it in. No, you better nail it down, right? I mean, get it nailed down. Um, it's like, this. I remember reading this story. This woman calls on the phone, calls a, the dentist up on the telephone. She says, uh, I, I need to get in. I got to have a tooth pulled. I got to get it into your office right now. I need an appointment right now. And the receptionist said, well, uh, hold on just a second. Let me, uh, let me check and see. No, I, I need to get in. We're coming to your office. We'll be there in, in five minutes. And so, uh, man, they were. The receptionist didn't even get a chance to put the phone down. They heard her husband come busting in. She says, we're on a trip. And she says, I need to get a tooth pulled. I need to get it pulled now. Just the cheapest that you have. And the doctor says, well, I mean, okay. But, um, I mean, you want Novocaine? No, no, Novocaine, no nothing. Just pull the tooth, pull the tooth. She said, uh, and so he says, well, okay, let me see the tooth. And so she says, show him your tooth, honey. It's so much easier to get real bold when it's somebody else. But boy, got to make that appointment. And sometimes we're, you know, okay, God, you know, get them, God. <laughs> and get them now. And, and you do this because that's what I want done because I got my own agenda. I don't have time to mess with this, you know. I got to get on down the road. Look at Exodus chapter 19. The book of Exodus chapter 19, verse 10. Verse 10 and 11, then we'll skip down to 19. It says there in Exodus 19, verse 10, And the Lord said to Moses, 
Go to the people and consecrate them today and tomorrow. Have them wash their clothes and be ready by the third day. Because on that, on that day, the Lord will come down on Mount Sinai and uh, sight, uh, or in the sight of the people. And then verse 19, it says, And the sound of the trumpet grew louder and louder. Then Moses spoke, and the voice of God answered him. Well, here's some conversation going on. What happened was is that God, what we see here is God uh, shows up in a prepared atmosphere. God's saying, get the people ready because, you know, get them ready today and tomorrow because on the third day, I'm coming down and we're going to have a conversation. He says, write that down, make that appointment, set that appointment. You get everybody prepared and I'm going to show up. God shows up in a prepared atmosphere. I hope you prepared today. You know, how would you feel if you came in here and Gabe's, and so it's time to start, and Gabe's kind of like going, looks over, Daryl says, uh, well, hi, uh, what do y'all want to sing this morning? Let's see what we could do here. I got anything? <laughs> and, you know, kind of wander around a little bit, you know, and shuffle around like, well, that's kind of strange. And then, you know, the ushers come by, uh, or we're ready to receive the offering or greet the visitors, they're kind of like going, well, is it me, or... Who's supposed to be doing this? And you got some cards someplace? or And then, uh, you know, so we're all just kind of looking around. And uh, I come out and say, well, uh, I'm just going to speak from my heart this morning. My mama used to say when, I, I'll never forget, I was just a little kid. And I, I think she didn't know I heard her. But uh, this pre, it was at a convention or something. And the guy says, well, you know, um, I'm just going to speak from my heart this morning. And she says, yeah, because there ain't nothing in your head. <laughs> Oh, whoa. <laughs> I looked at, and you know what? Uh, I think I asked her about it later. She said, I've sent through many of them, and they, they should have listened to God, or they should have sought God because they didn't, they, didn't have anything to, they didn't have anything prepared. And sometimes the Holy Spirit will just say, well, then go ahead and go for it. You know, the Holy Spirit can speak on Tuesday just as well as he can on Sunday morning. And then he can change his mind if he wants, but we need to be prepared. God shows up in a prepared atmosphere. Now, I said all that to say, it shouldn't just be the sound team back there or the worship team or our ushers or uh, our nursery staff or children's staff or the, the pastor or anybody. You ought to be prepared as well. What do you do to prepare yourself to come into his presence? If you'll prepare yourself, he will show up. A lot of times people say, well, you know, I'm just not getting anything out of church. You know, you can get something out, out of church anywhere. It can be the driest thing, but if you're searching God and you've prepared your heart, God's going to speak to you. He will. Believe me, I have sat through some conventions and some, some preaching, and I thought, oh my goodness. And so I thought, okay, God, I'm gonna, I didn't come here to hear them talk anyway. I came here to meet with you, and I know you speak through, so whatever. You spoke through a donkey, so there's one up there now. Speak. <laughs> I'm going to catch this, okay? I, I want to hear. Speak to me, Lord, for your servant is listening. Hey, guess what? I'm like, wow, that was amazing. And like, Man, that guy's boring. Man, I got a lot out of that. Like, How did you do that? Because I prepared to. I, I expected to hear something from God. Prepare to hear God. God comes to a prepared atmosphere, so prepare for him. Here's a question for you. How much time do you put into preparing to hear God? Not just maybe for Sunday, but every day. Mm. Well, don't shout me down now when we're getting serious. 
How much time do you put into preparing to hear God? Sometimes we think, well, you know, I just never hear God. Well, are you preparing to hear him? Are you expecting to hear him? Have you set an appointment? Have you, have you determined a time and a place where you're going to go and meet with God? Hmm. You know, uh, setting a time and a place. Look at this uh, word, Jesus. It said that, he, you know, he would go out and they'd be looking for him. And he would go out as his custom was. And he'd go and he would be there praying. Maybe sometimes all night long. But he was in a custom of doing that. He set a time and a place to meet with the Father. Hallelujah. I want you, this week, will you purpose to do something? Will you, here's you some homework. If you'll purpose to set a time and a place to meet with God. Every day. Every day. Some people say that God speaks to them at 5 a.m. Other people say, 5 a.m.? I can't hear anything at 5 a.m. <laughs> you know, I didn't hear the snooze button at 5 a.m. It doesn't matter. Whatever and however, it, you know, wherever you're, whenever you're sharp and you're alert, give God your best attention. I'm more of a morning person. It seems like that that's when I can really gather it in quick. And so I, I value that time, and I want to give it first to the Lord to hear him at that particular time. And uh, I jot those things down, and, and I hang on to it. And then I look over it later on. And I mean, by 2 or 3 o'clock, I, I've always been this way. I, I remember when I was in college, I had a, a 3 o'clock class, and I'd be sitting there, and I would I look at some of my notes, and it's just like, I was writing in tongues. I mean, <laughs> Uh, what I need, the, I need the interpretation for this. I don't know what it was. I was just all over the place, you know. Uh, I'm just, it's just my downtime, you know. If I get past it, I'm all right, but it's just it's something about me. So it's like, well, there's no sense in trying to hear God then. I can't even hear, I can't hear anything at that particular time. So find your best time. When is it that you're the most alert and that, that you know, you pick up things the best? Don't spend that time on Facebook or on email or Twitter or on Instagram or whatever. Give that time to the Lord first, and then you'll have plenty of time for all that other stuff. You know, one person said, I don't like mornings because they start when I'm still asleep. <laughs> okay, y'all get that later. But... <clears throat> That one lady, uh, they were on the mission field, and this was a true story. The missionary was telling that they were in uh, uh, East Africa, I think it was, and he was talking about the beautiful sun, sunrises that would come across, and he kept wanting his wife to, honey, just, you need to get up and watch. It's just such a beautiful sunrise. And she said, if God wants me to see the sunrise, he can schedule it later on in the day. <laughs> so, you know, but when is it? When, when are you alert? When are you the, the best of your ability? Then determine to uh, set that time apart. Set that as a time that you want to meet with God and determine a place. Some people, you know, um, maybe it's in their car. Some, you know, some people, they, they take their lunch break and they have a little, little spare time after that. And they just sit in the car and maybe we'll, we'll pray and listen for the Lord. Other people, it might be, uh, you know, out, maybe you, you, I like to walk a lot of times when, when I'm praying or whatever. And so it might be doing that. It might be just going out on the porch and sitting down. It might, who knows, whatever it is, that's not the important thing. The important thing is, is set a time, set an appointment and determine a place and say, okay, nothing's going to change that. That's God's time. That's my time and the Lord's time. And nothing is going to change that. You know, we, the world asks us to be busy. <laughs> and God asks us to be still. And so we need to do that and get all that we can from him. Um, number two. So the, how are we going to hear him? Well, we've got to believe and we've got to, after he speaks, we've got to make sure it is him. But, man, to get in a position to really hear 
Set an appointment. Number two, be still and worship. Be still and worship. You know, I read someplace that it said that we, out of every, any given day, we'll have up to 50,000 thoughts that will come through our mind. Wow. 50,000 thoughts. Isn't that amazing? I mean, there's a time we'd, we just kind of need to still ourselves, <laughs> be still, and know that He is God, is what He says there in Psalm 46:10. Be still and know that I am God. That word still that's used there it means stop striving. Surrender. Stop striving. Just settle down. Just settle down. Relax. Surrender to me. Be still and know I am God. If you read that psalm, you'll find out where he talks about, you know, trust in the Lord, putting our trust in him. And it just means, you know, quiet yourself and your spirit and your soul and your emotions and just before the Lord, be calm before him and put your trust in him. And so if you want to hear him, just Shut up. <laughs> That's the other part of what that word means. When, when Jesus was in the boat, you know, they'd been preaching. He'd been preaching all day, big crowds. He got in the boat, and they were going across the sea. You know the story. He fell asleep. He was asleep in their boat. And here comes this huge storm, and the disciples, these guys are experienced fishermen. They're on the, the Sea of Galilee all the time. So this must have been quite a storm to get them upset, get them nervous. And so they're they're afraid for their lives, and they go over and wake Jesus up. Remember that? Now, the actual Greek word is this. If you can catch this, Jesus was tired. He'd just fallen asleep, and he really gets up in an, in a, an angry mood and says, peace be still, and that means shut up, hush. And it says that the storm stopped just like that. Man, I mean, when he says hush, you better hush, Right? So my dad used to, when I say hush, you better be hushing. <laughs> yes, sir. And so I think, you know, Jesus was like, you know, stop. Everybody just stop. Everything stop. Storm, disciples, everything, stop. Then he lay back down and sleep. <laughs> you know, th- that's kind of what he's saying is just hush, chill, relax. Surrender it all to me. The word of God says, cast your care upon me. Because I care for you. Cast your care upon him. He cares for you. Put all your anxiety upon him. This thing of where you need this specific word, you know, if you might have been talking to him every day for the last, you know, several days, you might not be so upset right now. But since you have to have this specific word, then just be quiet and listen. It's getting quiet in here, all right. In Exodus chapter 14, verse 13. Exodus 14, 13, Moses, it says, Moses answered the people, do not be afraid, stand firm, and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. Hmm. Don't be afraid. Don't be alarmed. Don't get nervous. Don't be anxious. Just chill. Be calm. And he says, um, do not be afraid. Stand firm. Look, come on. Take your, your firm stance in God. Paul says it in Ephesians chapter 6. This way it says, stand, therefore. And when you've done all to stand, take your stand. Kind of like what Mo- Stand firm in him. Put your trust in him. He, he said he won't be moved. You're not going to be moved if you're standing in him. Stand firm and you will see, amen, the deliverance the Lord will bring t- uh, you today. The deliverance that the Lord will bring you today. He's going to bring deliverance. We want to hear from God. 
We need to listen, but we just need to be still and worship. So we've got to get still first before you can really worship. Did you know that? If you're so hung up on all your problems and everything is going crazy in your life, I can guarantee you will not worship the Lord. You're going to be just, your mind's going to be so scattered and so, you know, about all these other things. So just wipe all that away. Be still. And then worship God. Worship. Wow. When you worship something, you're placing that thing of great value. You, give, uh, uh, you attribute great value to that thing. And you, you, know, you give yourself to that person or that thing. Man, there's nothing else on the face of the earth or in heaven above that we need to be worshiping other than the Lord our God. Amen. Hallelujah. In Second Chronicles, that story, I love that story there in Second Chronicles chapter 20. And verse 17, remember there when uh, everybody's all upset because Sanballat and Tobiah and all these, or, uh, all these, the enemies coming against uh, the children of Israel. And, and uh, it says in verse 17 of Second Chronicles 20, it says, you will not have to fight this battle. Take up your positions, stand firm, and see the deliverance the Lord will give you. Oh, Judah and Jerusalem. Uh, do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. Go out to face them tomorrow, and the Lord will be with you. So he says, you know, go out to face them, because that's what we got to do, all right? So we shouldn't let the enemy uh, push us back or dictate to us what we're going to do. And he, So we're going to go out, but our strength is in the Lord, and we're not going to be the one that's out here nervous or whatever. God's going to take care of it. Amen. Amen. You know, we are... To bind and loose. We have that. We've been given the keys of the kingdom that whatever you bind or prohibit here on earth is prohibited in heaven. Whatever we loose or permit here will be permitted. I think we, since we have been given that position of dominion and authority, we need to make that declaration and that decree. But that doesn't mean I have to now physically go out there and drive these uh, demons and devils back. Huh. God can send forth ministering spirits to do that. Amen. But it's up to me to, to decree those things. And when that happens, then, boom, it's in place. Hallelujah. Acts chapter 13, verse 2, says, While they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, so here they were. They were worshiping. They were being still before the Lord. They were being quiet before the Lord, getting their eyes off of themselves, and they were worshiping. And it says, uh, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, and it goes on, he spoke. The Lord shows up in a prepared atmosphere. He comes when we have stilled ourselves and all of our anxiety, because that means that we're thinking about those things rather than thinking about him, right? When he says in the word, looking unto Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith, when we look unto him, in a sense, we are stilling ourselves, we are quieting ourselves, because if we look to him, instead of our problem over here, and this problem, and, and that mountain that's so huge, we're looking at all those things. We're not even looking at him. So when we look to him, we're taking a, a glance up to him, all those other things, they have to bow down before him, if you will. And he takes that center stage and then that's when we're still before him. And then worship him. And when you do that, he speaks. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, number one, set an appointment with him. Determine a time and a place. Number two, be still and worship him. Number three, pray and read. Pray and read. In Mark one thirty-five, this is 
where it's recorded about Jesus. It said very early. Everybody say very early. That was difficult for some of y'all, wasn't it? (laughs) Very early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went off to a solitary place where he prayed. So he's in the habit of doing this, but he went off to pray. So when we're before the Lord, we've set this appointment. We're at the time and place. We're there. We've stilled ourselves from all the anxiety and all the fears and all that stuff. I'm not going to take my agenda in and, and you've got to do this. You have to do this now. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm going to worship him and I'm going to, as I'm going to pray. I'm going to adore him. See, if I'm already worshiping him, it'll be through adoration. My prayer will start off with adoration. Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. See, I'm going to start off declaring who he is. You are the, the great I am. You can do anything. I thank you that, that you my, are my ever-present help in my time of need, that there's nothing too big for you. I thank you that you are the greater one that's in me. And so as I begin to pray the word and say the word, my attention goes to him, and, and I can read his word. I may be directed to a, a passage of Scripture and read the word, take that word in because it, it produces faith, and then I pray to him. A lot of times when he starts to speak, it'll, it might be right in conjunction with what I was reading. So I've had people say, well, Pastor, where do you start? If you're going to read, where, where do you start? Inside. <laughs> Inside, you know, you got to open it up. Just start. The important thing is just start. Just open it, you know, and get going. Just read the word and then pray before him. Hallelujah. There was these three preachers and they were, uh, they were talking and they were talking about the best place to pray. Well, at, this, at that time, the, the cable guy was there fixing the, the cable. And so one pastor says, well, I found the best place to pray. is just, you know, getting, a, getting away. I get out in my backyard there and, and uh, just me and my old dog and a cup of coffee. And, man, that's the best place to, to find God and, and to pray. That's the best prayers I've had in my life. And, and oh, no, 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 you can't do that. You got to go to the to the church early in the morning when it's just quiet and reverent, and that's the best place to pray. And I was, you guys are crazy, man. I pray. I just get in my car, drive off over that you know place out far away, and I just sit there and talk to God. And so they're kind of arguing back and forth. Nah. And so they ask the, okay, well, what do you think? He says, Well, I don't know about y'all, but I found the best place, the best praying I ever did was when I was hanging upside down off of a tree that I fell out of. <laughs> So, yeah, you know, he was serious about his praying. Where do you pray? Find a place. Find a place. I read, I think it was Bill Hybels. He has a book out called Whispers. And um, he talked about a, a man in his church that he was talking along this line about, you know, taking some time and just praying. And the guy said, man, how do you, come on, live in the real world. I get up at, I get up at 5, I have to leave the house at 5 o'clock. And drive to work. I don't get home until 7 p.m. And he was saying, come on, preacher, get in the real world where I live. How do you think? And so Bill Hybel said, well, I don't know. But, you know, Jesus was the busiest person on the face of the earth. And he still found time to pray. So I'm not going to tell you how. But I would just encourage you, just try it. If you can just, if you'll try it, God will bless you. So he didn't see the guy for quite a while. And uh, in fact, it was about six months later uh, this man and his wife, he was very, had a great job. He was a sales associate and made good money. So, uh, and his wife come, hey, pastor, we want you and your wife to come over to the house and have some. Okay, sure, that'd be good. 
So they did, and, and he uh, came up to him, and he says, Pastor, I want you to know that after I had a conversation with you, he said that, man, he said, the Lord began to deal with me. He says, so I went out, and I bought this rocking chair, and he showed the, showed the pastor the rocking chair. It was a nice one. It was a really, really nice wood rocking chair. And he said, I put it out here on the porch, and he says, every morning, he said, I get up at 415. He said, I come out here, and he says, I, I, I just... Just give that, you know, give me a cup of coffee. I come out here, and he says, and just look out. And I, he said, I've just been meeting with the Lord. And he says, it's amazing. He said, my life has changed. He's just speaking to me so much and doing, you know, so much as he's speaking to me. And, and I was just talking about all different kinds of things. And, and so there's a lot more to the story, but he was just saying that, uh, in fact, after this went on, uh, several years later, the guy uh, said, he came to, to the pastor and said, Pastor, um, God has blessed me so much financially. Just, and a lot of it has to do with just listening to what he had to say. And he said, so I want to retire, and, and I just want to come and, and work at the church free. I, I want to come and help out at the church and whatever expertise I can have. You know, I, I, I want to come and, and pass Well, can't beat the salary. <laughs> come on, you know. So he did, and did that. I guess he was on staff there at Willow Creek for about 10 years or something. Came back to... Oh, I, I think Bill said, well, what does the chair say about that? He said, man, I, yeah, that's where I, God spoke to me there on the, in that chair. So, so about 10 years later, he comes and he says, um, Pastor, uh, this man I know, he's good friends of ours. They're moving to Colorado and they're going to start a church. And I really feel like that the Lord wants us to move out there and to help him. He says, I'm going to go back uh, and uh, I'm going to work and go back into sales. He said, I'm, I'm praying that God can bless me enough financially that I can really help and be a support to the church. And I said, well, I mean, have you prayed about it? Yep, right there in that chair. He said, God spoke to me and said, well, okay. So they moved to Colorado and um, did, you know, the Lord. They obeyed the Lord and it was a real blessing. And it'd be nice if this, had a, this story had a good ending, but uh, the man was diagnosed with cancer. And uh, so he, uh, he ended up passing away out of some or- various ordeals and stuff. And um, uh, they'd asked Bill Hybels to come out to Colorado and to do the eulogy. And so as he was talking to the wife and stuff, and they were just talking about old, down through the years and different things. And, and he happened to see the chair there. And he says, so what are you going to do with the chair? She said, oh. She says, we're, that chair, she said, one of the things he asked is it'd be handed down to, you know, down through the family, to different, uh, through our family members down through the years, you know, just passed on. He said, she said, it has been so much that principle. It wasn't anything holy about the chair, but the chair beca- became a holy place because of meeting with God. And so that was their intention. You know, hey, you want to come? Dad met with God here, and look what God did in his life. I want to tell you something, people. Find something. If it's an old chair out on your back porch, find a place with God. Meet with him and listen to what he has to say. Somebody ought to give the Lord praise. Hallelujah. The psalmist, David, he's kind of like Jesus. He said there in Psalm 119, 147, he says, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I've had mornings like that too. I don't know about you. Oh, let's give it. Yeah. Um, I rise before, thank you. Uh, I rise before dawn and cry for help. I have put my hope in your word. Wow. So, you know, pray and read and just get before God and just... Cry before God. Um, you know, 
and it doesn't really matter. Like I said, it doesn't matter where you specifically read it. I mean, let God direct you. Let the Holy Spirit direct you. But read the Word, and then pray. Maybe pray the Word. The Word many times is just sparked something in me or brought to my awareness something that I do need to pray about, something in me that needs to change. Lord, help me. Help me to change today because of what your word says. I see it. You know, the word in the Old Testament in the tabernacle that they had there, when they would come into the tabernacle, there was, of course, the altar that was their altar of sacrifice, which represents us. We're to die to ourselves every day. And then there was the, the laver that was there full of water. It was made from the women's the hand mirrors that they polished real high so that as they looked into it, they could see the reflection and they would wash themselves. And, and that's a type of the Word of God. As you open the Word of God, it, you just look into, see how my face shines when I'm... <laughs> but you, you, that was what one of the kids opened up, Poppy, your face is glowing. It's the Word of God. I'm telling you. <laughs> But it does, it reflects upon you, and, and you begin to see the Word will show you where you need to work on in yourself and in your, in your own heart. And, and so we need to read the Word and then pray before Him, and He will speak. He's done it before. He'll do it again. He says, I changed not. I mean, so He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. Number four, the last thing, is listen and write it down. Listen and write it down. Man, I have found... So many times before I started doing this, it's like, oh, wow, yeah, that's cool. I'm like, I need to, I'll probably forget that here in a minute. And a lot of times I do. You know, you think that you, you'll never forget that. But man, I, so I started keeping a uh, pen and pencil close by. And now then with a smartphone, that's awesome, you know, because you can just record it, put it right in there at that time. Because God will speak. If you're expecting him to speak to you, you've set that appointment and so here you come, the most important appointment of your day. You're going to come in there not prepared? Oh, oh, well, could you write that down for me? <laughs> no, you need to go in prepared, right? If you had a meeting with someone and you were expecting them to give you some great counsel and some direction, wouldn't you want some way to take some notes along that line? Absolutely. Man, there's been times when I, I have, I used to use the day timer before we had smartphones. And I still have some as I look back through some of my junk files and stuff like that. And on some of those daytime, I'll look at some of those notes and like, wow, wow. I know that was God because that sure wasn't me. I mean, just some of those, just, it's just amazing to just jot that down at that instant and just write that down and then meditate upon it and let it become part of me and let God just begin to change me and mold me. So when we're there, listen to what he has to say and then write it down. And then keep that thing and then be obedient to it. Psalm 45, verse 1. This is, uh, in this translation, it says, My heart is stirred by a noble theme as I recite my verses for the king. My tongue is the pen of a skillful writer. I'm going to write those things down. In 1 Chronicles chapter 28, verse 19, he says, All this, David said, David's talking to him, he says, All this I have in writing from the hand of the Lord upon me. And he gave me understanding in all the details of the plan. He said, all this that you see, he said, I have this all down, right, written down uh, from the anointing of the Holy Spirit upon me when he was upon me, and I was writing this all down. This is from God. You know, so many times, you know, just in prayer, the Lord begins to speak. I'll be jotting that down. And boy, at that time, it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You, I mean, you're, because you've got faith and you're believing. Later on, you look back and go, whoa, how, whoa, whoa, that's pretty awesome. How's that going to work? I'm getting thinking, wait a minute, where did that come from? 
It came from him. He spoke it. That's why I needed to write it down because, you know, you step back and things happen and you don't quite have as much faith as you did at that particular moment. But if he said it, then we can believe it, right? And we can do it. Well, I, if, you haven't, if you haven't adopted that, that principle, I challenge you to do that. It's awesome. You know, Habakkuk chapter 2 and verse 2 from the Amplified Version, it says this, And the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and engrave it so plainly upon tablets that everyone who passes may be able to read it uh, easily and quickly as he hastens by. Write it down. Make it plain. Wow. People, we need to know what God's saying to us. If we're going to set an appointment and say, you know what, God, you are the most valuable p- person in my life. What you have to say is the most valuable thing that I could ever hear. And so I set this time, I'm meeting with you. And, you know, like that old song we used to sing back in the choir, I didn't come here to ask you for anything. I just came to talk with you, Lord. You know, just come and just be silent in his presence. You know what? Y'all might just sit there and just look into his eyes. I want to tell you something. That'll change you. Whatever happens, it's fine. You've made the appointment. You've set it, and then get ready. Have something to write on. Be still in his presence, you know. Be still and worship him, and then pray and read his word. Read that word and pray the word, and let the Holy Spirit examine you because he's going to be guiding you into truth today, right? Into God's will for your life today. He's going to be guiding you. You're surrendering right then. You're laying it all down. You're being still before the Lord, and you're surrendering yourself, and the Holy Spirit's going to guide you throughout your day, so you better take some notes of where you're going. How did we ever make it without a GPS system? I remember some, you know, be heading someplace and like, well, okay, now what was that? And I jot down those notes of where we had to go, right? You don't get a map, of, but, you know, get those notes out and then follow those little notes and try to go where we're supposed to go. Man, I want to jot it down. Got to get there. It's, it's important. And so listen and write it down. Amen. Well, in Samuel, First uh, Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. It says that the word of the Lord was rare and precious in those days. Remember when we looked at that passage of Scripture? What are you saying there? It was very precious. It's very valuable in those days. God, what God has to say to me today in my life is valuable to me. I trust that it is to you. And if you're not experiencing that, you can. And don't, feel, don't let the devil bring any condemnation. He'd like to do that to make you just say, well, I just can't do that, you know. And make you feel unworthy or that you're not spiritual enough. Yes, you are. God declared you to be righteous before him, okay? He's made that declaration so that he can bypass all this other stuff. Yeah, we're working on it, you know? I'm not perfect. I, I'm not there yet. I'm working on it. But in the meantime, that's why God has already, so I can come before him and he can speak to me, okay? So he sees me in Christ Jesus, and he accepts me just, he accepts me the way he accepts Jesus. And I can come boldly before his throne to obtain mercy and to find grace to help me in my time of need. And so here I come, Father, before your throne. Because of the blood of Jesus Christ, I come into your presence today. And I just want to tell you that I love you.